She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. I moved to Florida to get away from my small town and ended up finding a very delicious sailor. We're never going to get an I love you out of Will Trainer. It's better than that. She doesn't need a man to heal. She is such a selfish twat. I have such a crush on him. Like, mm. That's because you took her man. This started as Molly having a dream. Oh, what a perfect book for this day. Yeah. We're starting on a somber note. Yeah, um, but I mean, after yesterday, I kind of need that. You need the somber If you're watching us on YouTube, you can tell I have no makeup on and I'm wearing my glasses. Um, Yesterday was a rough day for our family. Mm -hmm. We had to um, send our eldest dog, Rocco, who was 15, across the Rainbow Bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned that his heart and his liver were failing and he wasn't going to make the trip to Maryland with us. So to be able for us to be able to take his ashes with us without having them have to ship them, we had to do it this week, which was yeah. rough, but I'm handling it. I mean, pets are people. Um, pets are, I mean, Rocco was my first kid, right? He, right. he, he I, I got him as a really immature 22 year old uh he he fell in love with matt and then he kind Mm. of fell in love with the other animals they brought along and he tolerated the kids and he's just been there for every grown-up decision i've ever made so right right so yeah when we put bella down i grieved her and pretty hard sweet girl too and i didn't even like her and that like I was grieving her even though I didn't even like her because she was Tom's dog before he and I met. And mm-hmm. um, when we were still dating, uh, when he would be at, uh, like um, on duty, she would climb in bed in me with me and pee on me. Like she really <laughs> legitimately hated me. That's because um, you took her man. <laughs> I did. I took her boy took from her. her. Um, and as I started, like when I got pregnant with James, we really bonded over that. She would like lay on my belly and like, listen to him. Like, I really oh, yeah. know that she could hear him, but as much as like, she and I never really liked each other. I still grieved her because she was a part of our family. Family. Yeah. See, Rocco was very similar, but towards Piper. When I was mm-hmm. pregnant with her, he loved the belly. The belly mm-hmm. was warm and yeah. soft and yeah. He loved that. But when the screaming then the, thing, the screaming then I brought the out. screaming thing home. <laughs> yeah. And he just hated mm-hmm. that baby. And it wasn't mm-hmm. Piper's fault. It was just the way Rocco was perceiving it. And he hated me for that. Yeah. So he wouldn't take any food I brought home. I mm-hmm. gave him, like, I made him steak one day. Oh chopped it up in little bits. Gave it, to, put it on the floor. And he looked at me, looked at the bowl and walked away. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes later, Matt put it back down. He ate it. I was like, oh, okay. But mm-hmm. Piper was potty training. I see training. you, Rocco. I see you. I see you. Uh, when Piper was potty training, mm-hmm. he would go and poop in her room during nap time to make us think she was having accidents. I remember that. I remember him doing that. Um, and poor Piper, man. He just... Uh, I'm she just really, got the short end of it. He ignored yeah. Livia, but Piper was the intent of his mischief. Yeah. But it's very much his, like... He was a crotchety old man. Well, and to make drama, right? Like, uh, when Jack, when we had to have put Jack down and it, you know, he was just getting so old Mm -hmm. the weekend after that, 
he had two seizures out of nowhere. Mm. Like to remind us that he was still there. <laughs> the vets found nothing wrong. He was completely fine. His blood work was perfect. <laughs> Just seizures. Oh. And then, I mean, for so for him to like, his heart just to start giving out in the middle of us a mm-hmm. month's notice move yeah. is very much him. Yeah. He has to be the center of attention all the way to the end. It's facts. I'm really sorry for your family. Like, I, <sighs> I'm, I'm a fan of grieving the way you need to grieve and wallowing in it as long as you need to. I lost my grandmother. It has been... Um, Ooh, good long years time. Yeah, she died in 2010, so it's been 12 years, and I am still grieving her. I mean, I left Serafina in... I know, and we've talked about this 05. before. Yeah. And I still, I mean, it's yeah. just... And you feel the loss differently. Like, um, mm-hmm. with Jack, it's been almost two years since he passed away, and I will still at times go to call the dogs in from outside and I will call his name along with the others yeah. out of habit. And I'm yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. It, it just, you forget, right? The, the mm-hmm. Out of habit, you forget. And it's yeah. just, um, it's hard. Well, well, I'm really sorry, Molly. Me um, too. And I mean, but obviously it was his time. He, yeah. And Papillons live to 20 years max. Mm-hmm. And on average, they live to 10 to 12. So... 15 years long is life. a good long time for him. Yeah, that's a good life, long life for any dog, really. Right. I mean, he was I mean, elderly. Yeah. Well, um, we've set a Let's tone. Let's go to a sad book. Let's go to we've into the set sad a book. Sad tone, but it makes sense because today we are talking about Me Before oh, You God. by Jojo Moyes. I have some um, feelings about I this book. I don't actually know if I'm saying her name right. If it's Moes or Moise. I just always say Moise. Moise. I, I, I always right. thought it was Moise. That's what I thought. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. And like, for those of you that this is your first episode ever joining us and you're wow. like, oh, I'm so sorry. This is wow. Not- this is not the way to start this with us. This is not how we normally are. We are more of like a comedy podcast that like also includes Oh, don't worry. Books. There'll be humor here, but it's going to be, be dark humor. today. It's it going to be, be dark. real dark yeah. humor. <laughs> so should I start with a synopsis? I Get us rolling? synopsis. Okay. I love you with that synopsis. I love you. All right. Uh, Want to know something funny? I couldn't sure. remember how to spell synopsis when I was typing our notes, so I just wrote summary. I mean, after Tom gave us a hard time on, uh, I almost said Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. On Hitchhikers. I mean, it's in your brain. I get it. Symposium. He's so Whatever, funny. Tom. Whatever, Tom. <laughs> All right. 26-year-old Louisa Clark has never been anywhere. She's never done anything. She lives in a small world in a small town in England with her parents, sister, grandfather, and nephew. But when the owner of the cafe where she's worked for six years suddenly closes, she finds herself t- taking a job as a companion to a quadriplegic 30-something man named Will Trainer. Unbeknownst to Lou, Will, who has already attempted suicide once, has given his parents six months and an ultimate and an ultimatum at which <laughs> that's not what I put in my notes. Oh, but that's oh, the oh. word I meant. <laughs> <laughs> an ultimatum at the end of which time he plans to head to Switzerland to a clinic for physician assisted suicide where he will end his incredibly emotionally and physically painful situation that resulted after he was struck cross country. 
school. Lou has zero experience in caregiving, but is hired by Will's mom as a last-ditch effort to make him want to live. Will has a medical caregiver named Nathan who provides all the actual assistance Will needs. Lou and Will do not start out well because Will sees right through his mother's plan. But as time goes on, the two form a bond of companionship and finally love. Oh, it's so cute for a book that destroys you. Um. <laughs> it really does. You know, and I won't lie. Um, this was like a third reread for me. Me too. I think and- it's three or four for me. Yeah. Um, and Bailey has a lot of feelings in the background. I can hear her. <laughs> yeah. She's in the backyard living her best loud life. Whatever makes her happy, man. Let her live it. Do you um, know that she moves when she hears sirens? Yeah. My dog's do. Yeah. My dog's she howl. sounds like she's a cow mooing. Not howling. <laughs> she sounds like That's she's amazing. mooing. amazing. I need a video it. now. I oh, there is one. Now. Tom's taken one. Okay. Well, I, I need to see it. Right. Now the besties need to see it. Um, yeah. Okay. But, <laughs> but uh, what was I saying? No idea. <laughs> oh, talking, oh, the book, the rereads. Okay. So I have blocked out the very end of this book. Every time <laughs> I, I read this that. book, I because it's trauma, right? Like, trauma, baby. Your brain pushes tra- like depression mm-hmm. and sad things back. Mm-hmm. And... I remember that this is sad and I know he, you know, he eventually dies in this book mm-hmm. and it's very tragic, but all of that, I remember, I remember the whole book minus that ending every mm-hmm. time. And it's like, Oh, thanks brain. <laughs> um, thanks brain. So, I, um, I feel a lot of things about this book. I think I read it for the first time for our book club that's not pod related. We have a book club that's we've talked about before. We are not sharing that with fans no. of the podcast. That's like, like that's and sacred we've said for in us. the past, if you guys want to join a book club, we would love we to host one than, for you all. We yeah. We'd love to create one. We'll do one mm-hmm. on Facebook or something, but it, it's yeah. just but this is our private life. And I mean, we can our private life. We can do Instagram lives where you guys ask us questions directly about books. We can do that. But like this particular one is sacred to Molly and I right. it's separate from this because um, it's, it's always, it's yeah, it's a thing. It's been around for a long time and it's our um, thing. So you need yeah. to buzz off. <laughs> I don't think anybody's asking to join, but you know, <laughs> um, but this book, we, I read it for the first time because of that. Mm-hmm. And I've read it a few times since then. I've listened to the audiobook and read the physical book. This time I read the physical book again, but I have actually listened to the whole series as audiobooks. Um, and I think the narrator for the audiobooks does a pretty good job, but um I don't ever forget that that's how it ends, but each time I find myself wishing that it would end differently. Yes. Like, because maybe you, this know time. Loves, you know Will loves Lou. You yeah. know Lou loves Will. Mm-hmm. And you want love to be enough. I know. I do. I do. And, you know, and... And, and, and this book came out in, let's see, what year was it? Uh, 2012. And yeah. still, when I read it, just when I read it recently, I was like, maybe this time it will read differently. Like, it's going to change magically. Like, the, it, like, the, like in print, the, the book has changed yeah. itself magically. Mm-hmm. That's not how things yeah. work. All right, so can we get into the questions? So I I kind of did what you did Uh, a few weeks ago. We had an episode where you had more bullet points than you had questions. And I kind of did like a combination where I did like 
bullet points and questions. So I, I don't know what this is going to look like. Who knows? Who knows? Fuck it. Let's, let's do it. Let's throw it into the fire. I even wrote some off of my, because as I listened to the audiobook, and, uh, Audible, hashtag not sponsored, allows you to leave clips and notes. Oh, I didn't so, know that. So um, when I get to a point, I will leave a note on the clip. Mm-hmm. And so I go back and write my notes from that. So um, I have a lot of notes on this book on Goodreads from my Kindle edition because I now own two editions of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have linked my Goodreads before. If you want to follow me, you can, you can see those things that I have to say. Um, I do write more thorough reviews. And it's just my thoughts. And it doesn't include Molly's. So if you want just my view... I don't know why you would. Molly's points are usually really funny. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, but nobody wants my sarcasm all the time. I do. I want it. <laughs> That's kind of why we do this. <laughs> That's true. That's why we do this. All right. So, I want to start by talking about Lou's family. This family okay. has a com- complicated dynamic. What are your mm. thoughts on this family? Um, I have a lot of feelings, and I see some uh, mirroring in my own life with this family. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Lou is the eldest, she is treated like the like baby. A, yeah, she's treated like a mature baby for sure. Yeah, exactly. And um, I got that a lot growing up, but that was because of my ADHD and just my maturity level as a kid. And Jesse always got treated smarter than me and more mature mm-hmm. than me. And I mean, sometimes it was warranted, but not all the time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that rolls over to adulthood. Yeah. And that is exactly what happened to Lou, is happening to Lou. Yeah. They are still treating her like this airheaded child, even though she's growing and maturing. And yeah. Like, the the way her family always subtly puts her down yeah, I is hate just... I hate it so much. Like, they need therapy, all mm. of them. Lou mm. needs to get out of that house. Yeah. Terribly, because that is emotional abuse. And... Yeah. And she does not Mm -hmm. deserve that. And I mean, everything that the family has either goes towards her sister or keeping the family alive, which is understandable because I mean, we've all lived paycheck to paycheck. We know what that feeling is. We, but to treat Lou like she's a cash cow and nothing else in that family, it is just, it's gross. And she's not the one that's, the cause of the problems. It's not her fault that her dad lost her job. No, nope. it's not her it's fault not that her, her fault. sister, her sister got, got pregnant. Right. Yeah. Like it's, this are not her fault. And I mean, yeah. I get like, to me, it, it makes me think of that, uh, the song surface pressure from Encanto. Yes. Like, oh my God. Give it to your sister. Your sister's older. She can handle it. She can handle it, right? And I feel like that's where Lou is. Like, she's the one with all the family secrets. And she's the one with all the pressure. Yeah. You want to explode. I mean, and, like, even Patrick, he picked up on the- He's a terrible boyfriend. He he picked up on the way the family treated her and Mm -hmm. goes, oh, this is how we behave. Mm -hmm. And just jumped in on it. It is just- I mean, there's definitely a lot of character growth for Lou in this book. Right. Because she realizes she's worth more. Right. Right. It's it's inspired by Will, but I don't think it's directly because of Will. I Um, think, well, I mean, there's a lot that happens. Right. I'm sure you have a... I have more questions about it, but... Yes. My take on this family is that they're just awful. I really, really hate how her dad talks about her. 
Right. And, and I like, like she's thick in mentally and physically. Yeah. And, like, and I like that the movie tones that down a lot. Um, like I, we'll talk more about the movie later, but one of the things I like is that it tones down how her family really talks to her. I mean, you get glimpses of it, but it's not yeah. like, you know, I mean, it's like bad. Mm-hmm. Like it's bad. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. So rolling into Patrick. So that's Lou's boyfriend. They've been together for six years. Um, he's super athletic and frankly, he's really jealous of Will and the amount of time that she spends with him. Uh So what do you think of this about the dynamic of Lou and Pat's relationship? Like, what do you think about their relationship? I, I feel like we don't have a full picture of the relationship. We're jumping in, in the middle of their story. We're jumping at the end of their story. Right. But honestly, I don't see how they ever became a couple. Mm-hmm. right like yeah they seem like two completely different people and mm-hmm. i get it it's a small town so you mm-hmm. date who's available and I, I i i grew up in a small town and mm-hmm. you you get what you get and you don't throw a fit right and <laughs> or you join the military and yeah, find somebody exactly. else. i mean although you did find somebody who was also from your small town just right but he context. also vanished and ran away too he was in a so, different context yeah um but he was definitely, like, not a cousin, which helps in my small town because there's a lot of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of those back home. I moved to Florida to get away from my small town and ended up finding a very delicious sailor. So, <laughs> I, I have no regrets. None. Um, <laughs> but I don't know how and her and Patrick even got mm. started and i think because lou's life is about just staying in her comfort zone in her mm-hmm. safety zone yeah. patrick became a part of that and even though she probably sees it and she probably realizes hey look this isn't going anywhere we've been together seven years he hasn't proposed we're not moving mm-hmm. in together none of these things are happening but to rock the boat and change that mm-hmm. would break her and yeah. there's a lot i personally think Patrick has a lot of maturing to do. A lot. Because because he, I mean, obviously there was valid reasons for him to be jealous of Will, but his jealousy was way pre-lose feelings. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, like, his behaviors towards it, it it was just ridiculous. And He he is very childish. And, like, okay, so you watch This Is Us, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So Toby and Kate had the storyline of Toby lost weight and Kate didn't. And like he got fit and she didn't. And like that put a little strife between their relationship. Um, And I guess that's sort of what happened here. Although I would not describe Lou as overweight. She's, she's, she's curvaceous. She's medium size. That's what my, my size group is called. She's normal people size. That's what my size group is called. If you were a 10 to a 16, you were medium sized. Mm. Yeah. Average. Yeah. Average. Medium. Um, um, but I definitely think that if you've been with somebody that long and you don't even want to move in with each other, like that's a big thing. That's a huge red flag. Like this yes. is probably not a relationship you should be in. I do think when you get in your comfort zone that maybe like that would have been hard to get out of that. And we're going to talk about in the next question, some of the trauma that will face or sorry that, uh, uh, Lou faced and so mm-hmm. maybe that's part of why she stayed in the comfortable zone but um, Patrick is never going to change 
No, he, he did his not. changes. He did his changes. He lost his weight. He became a fitness man, and that Running was his man. changes. Sorry, Running man. Really. Yeah, and that was his changes. And now he wants to be that. And I honestly was shocked he wasn't having an affair with one of his running. People. I think he. I. I have a feeling. They sort of allude to it because he says something about when one of the girls. Yeah. I think that's on the edit room floor somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think that probably was originally a part of the storyline mm-hmm. and the writing, but as the when she gave the book to the editor, he's like, "There's too much going on here. You need to cut one of these storylines." Yeah. That and story that just, isn't as por- that, important as the yeah, right? Which yeah. I think Will's sister wasn't necessary, and I, I think really that could have been on the cutting room floor as well. But I was really glad they cut her out in the movie because she it wasn't was so necessary. Unnecessary. Yeah, it wasn't it's so not necessary. I agree with that. I agree with that. So not necessary. Um, that's actually... Um, actually, she gets a bell. Because that storyline's unnecessary. <laughs> okay. So unnecessary. Okay, well, I I had her in the notes to talk about later, but we will not. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, all right, so side stories. Um, so I, I have three side stories I want to talk about. And the first one is what happens to Louisa that keeps her in her small town, which mm-hmm. is that she is gang raped essentially yeah. by these boys by these college men. age men um in at the, the castle in the maze at the castle wow that's traumatic and she's supposed to be going to um australia um yeah. and instead she cancels her trip and she kind of just changes everything about herself she no longer is the girl that like she no longer Where trying suggestive to be, clothes. What, what she not, thinks she's trying, clothes. right? She's trying not to be desirable anymore. Right. Um, she wants to be who she is, and that's it. Um, do you feel like this story was necessary to the overall story of the book? Yes. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, Defend yourself. There has to be a reason for Louisa to stay. Yeah. Because she doesn't seem to care that. I mean, she cares that her parents are struggling. But she is brighter than that small town. That is very apparent from the moment we meet her. She is joyful. She is a happy person. She is obvious. It is obvious. She is different from everyone else that is enjoying staying there. So you're telling me that this child that sees the big in life and probably wants to explore that big, but is afraid to for no reason, she has to, they need a reason. No, I I completely disagree with you. I do not think this was important to the story. I think it actually took away from it. They eliminate this storyline from the movie, which I think was a good choice. Um, I think think it's a a, a bolder and stronger story if the reason Louisa doesn't ever do anything is because her family beat it out of her. Right. But she never saw the potential in herself until Will came along. We also... Needed that storyline to see how terrible her sister is. Because her sister blamed her, sister her for it. pretty awful. And her, in that sister situation, goes, her sister goes, this is your own doing. Mm-hmm. You did it to yourself. And then tells her not to tell anyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's we also need this story to know. show how much of a piece of shit her sister is. But I think you could get that from other aspects of Trina. Like, she's just not a good... Like she's, she's a terrible sister. She she's reminds selfish. me. She reminds me of a character from the book we're going to talk about next week, the Royal We, which is Lacey. She reminds me a lot of Lacey. Oh, yeah, 
Yeah. So I don't think it was but necessary. He is the sun, and we're just all revolving around it. And that's what um, Trina is. And yeah. I didn't think it was necessary. I feel like the stronger story was if it wasn't something that happened to her, but the things that happened around her. Um, the only person that knows about the rape besides Lou is Trina, oh. and then she tells Will. That's the only and I think knows. she also needs Pat that and to help Will bound, bond with her, right? I think it, it it's important for a couple things. We need to see why she's staying. We need to see her and Will bond. And we also need to see the full extent of how terrible Trina is. When, when we get Three the... Points. When we get the revelation, when she does actually tell Will, uh-huh. um, his first reaction is, you don't need me to tell you that wasn't your fault, right? And, like, I think that was the first time that she actually felt like maybe this wasn't her wasn't fault. Her so, fault. like, that right. is the bonding experience. But I just didn't think we needed that layer in the story, too. There were so many reasons for her to be beat down. I think it was her extreme trauma next to his extreme trauma. While they're different... It was something for them to bond over that others couldn't understand. Hmm. Well, this is an interesting one for us to talk about because usually when we don't agree on something, we end up yelling at each other. And I have to say, we have handled ourselves very well. Well, and, and because this is a very sensitive topic. Yeah, for sure. It is a very sensitive topic. And so felt extra. Nobody wants rape written into a story. Right. Nobody. Right. But I think. It is important to ha- be talked about because, I mean, uh, and I'll put the stats up. I'll put a whole link in about rape. But the number of women and men who mm-hmm. do not report being raped. It's is, a lot. It's a lot. And it's because but there was of no resolution with it. Putting no, that in there got no resolution. It. I don't think I you mean, need to bond with somebody because of rape. Like, that doesn't, I mean... That's trauma bonding, sure, but, like, I just don't feel like that was the, I don't know. I I don't know. I think we're going to move on from that, because I think, I think we're, we're spiraling. Yeah, and I think we both have valid points. Right. So, like, I don't, I agree. I can see both sides of the coin. I can, exactly. I can see how the story would work without it, because they Mm -hmm. made the movie work without it. They did. They absolutely did. Jojo was a part of the movie. Mm -hmm. She participated in writing the script, which I, I, when I saw that, this watch, the rewatch I had of it, I was mm-hmm. like, maybe she just used this for final edits. <laughs> 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 Which makes complete sense. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, all right. Um, so, Mr. Trainer's Affair. That's another one of those side stories. Was this necessary? I don't give a shit. I agree. I don't give a shit. Yes, he is disappearing, and it makes trouble for Louisa between Louisa and Will's mother, which mm-hmm. which Louisa doesn't stand doesn't blame the father. Mm-hmm. She just takes the blame, which I guess yes is necessary because there needs to be that tension between Louisa and her, his mother. Yeah, but I don't fucking care. No, I I, I didn't think it was a good. I don't inclusion. fucking care. They got rid of that from the movie as well, um, and I actually really liked the fact that. Mr. and Mrs. Trainer had each other to cling to as they were grieving yeah. the loss of. In the movie, it's their only child. Yeah, um, and Which, I thought I, mean, I thought that was have been much stronger child in the book. I thought that was a much stronger story to tell, right? Than he's gallivanting around town with somebody else. I don't know. I uh, I don't know. All right, uh, Trina and college, like Trina going away again to college. Is this a necessary story? Yeah, 
Um, because it's creating more drama at home, especially mm-hmm. with the whole bedroom thing. Like, oh, she's so fucking selfish. She is such a selfish twat. And you aren't even home. Why does it matter? And okay, that child. First and foremost, they baby that boy. He mm-hmm. is five and he's still sucking his thumb. And no mm-hmm. judgment if your five year old is sucking your thumb, but. There are reasons that a five-year-old would be sucking thumb, behavioral issues, that kind of thing. But he is treated and written like a A baby. Like, you think he's much younger than what he is. Right. Mm -hmm. And he is written as a normal five-year-old ish. But the thumb sucking and the way they treat him, it Mm -hmm. is just, it's written poorly. I I cannot. issues with the way that How can you be so fucking selfish that you would kick your parents, your parents who are in their 50s, out of their own bed to take their room because it's more comfortable for for Thomas or your son? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's your baby. I get it. But suck it up or don't come home on the weekends. Like, it yes. wasn't a requirement that she come home at all. No. No. You need to go. That was a choice. Go. Fucking go. You've set up a life there. Mm-hmm. Go. You yeah. don't have to come every weekend. You're yeah. just making trouble. If you want to be independent and you want to move on with your life and you want to, you know, restart Single and recharge. Mothers. Do Every it. day, Don't. do that shit on their own. Yes. Why are you acting like you're the first person ever to do this? Mm-hmm. I think that, that that drive there also helped push forward the, the narrative that, like, uh-huh. Pat and, and um, Lou's relationship was not good. Like, why wasn't she just choosing to be there with him? Like, why is Will having to offer because, her a bedroom? Like, I think that's why we need the Trina and college right, story. Right, because it pushes that that narrative that, it, well, and, you mm-hmm. know, Pat panicked. That's the only reason that boy offered her a room. Yeah, he, he was panicked. feeling really jealous. And that's the other reason why I think maybe he was having an affair. He was really trying to clutch on to anything he could at that point. Well, um, and he put, he said it was his words exactly. Well, we're seven years in. What do you expect? Yeah. Like. Guess we would have done it anyway saying, eventually. Like, he's no. He's saying it. It's like, like um, I've put in the time. Yeah. We might as well do it. Yeah. You know. You're it, not it, raising a thoroughbred. This is a relationship. You're not like raising it up for racing. Like, that's well, not what this is. It's not, it's not some beautiful art you're working on. It's not yeah. like it's no. this big project you're doing. Yeah. This is a relationship. If you're in a relationship and, so that seven years down the road you've changed somebody, you're in it for the wrong reasons. You right. you can't do that. Right. That's not the reasons. You got to love people right. where they are as they are. Right. And Okay. I saw this. On TikTok, actually, mm-hmm. this TikToker goes, what is one advice you would give to someone that's getting married? Mm-hmm. And this chick goes, look at the person you want to marry right now. Mm-hmm. Not the potential you hope they are, not the potential you see they are, the person they are right, right in now. front of you. Right. If you can be with that person the rest of your life, then you should marry them. If but you are not, hoping for not, them not based to change, on, not based on physical appearances, based on no, like no, no, who no, they no. are as a like person, who they are as person, right? right. Uh, like a collective person. And she goes, if you're hoping for them to mature into something or change mm-hmm. into, or you think you're going to be able to mold mm-hmm. them into something, mm-hmm. this no. is not the relationship for you. This is not it. Mm-mm. And and that's a thousand percent correct. One hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. That, absolutely. That you need to accept people at their face value. Right. And if you are hoping, and this pertains to relation friendships family mm-hmm. um, relationships yeah. emotional yeah. 
really like physical the whole kit and caboodle. Right. Like right. do not expect people to change. Do not no. think they're going to change. Do not hope you can change them. Mm-hmm. You need to hold people at the at what they give you. Right. And Pat has given her a in a self-centered blob, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I think she's drawn to Pat because he's like her family. Oh yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. What about you? What do you think? I mean, I'm totally on board with you. I completely agree. I, I all the things you just said, all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I said a lot of things, so oh, I agree with we'll all have of to them. Rewind the tape back to make sure no. I said them right. I agree with all of them. <laughs> um, all right, I'm gonna. So there are some chapters in the story that like interrupt the main story, which is told from Louise's point of view. We have three chapters told by three different characters. I have this in my notes, the POV issues. Yeah, so Camilla Trainer, which is Will's mom, gets a chapter. Nathan gets a chapter, which is his caregiver. And Trina, of course, Lou's sister, gets a chapter. And I agree with you. I did not the only like one. This. The only one I liked was Nate's. The old he's the only one. I and think with Nate with Nate's it's just funny to get like the male perspective of what's happening, but I like how when they come back from the wedding, he's like, They think we don't know, but we know. Right. Um, but Nate is the only one I feel like was necessary, but if we only had Nate's, it would, it would be have been weird. a disaster. So to me, while I have issues with it, it's either all or nothing. But to me, I think like, this is where like the movie is able to remove that because like it wasn't necessary, but you can see people's point of views in right. a movie in a way that you can't in a book. I just think like. They did it a good, Jojo Moyes did a good enough job with the conversation with Miss Trainer that Lou overhears understanding right. what Miss Trainer was feeling. Like that wasn't necessary right. for her to have her own I, chapter. And, and of course that chapter has a lot to do with her husband having an affair. No. Nathan's chapter was cute because it got the whole, they don't think we know, right. blah, blah, blah. Um, Trina's was, I just really don't like her as a person. I so Trina. yeah, I'm not a I, fan. So I, I didn't think it was necessary. I thought it took away from the narrative. Right. Now, I want to play devil's advocate when it comes to Mrs. Trainer mm-hmm. for her POV. Um, we're getting histrionics with hers, mm-hmm. which I think is important because we're not getting that from Lou talking to Will. We're not getting that from Lou interacting with the trainers. But you so, could have written it differently. Like, it didn't need to be Camilla's tra- chapter. We could right. have had a conversation with Lou and Camilla. And right. then we could have gotten how Lou felt about but hearing this. Camilla things. is so aloof. Mm-hmm. we're never going to get her opening up to Lou. But what a good never. chapter that would be. What a good chapter that would be that she had a but little bit too much brandy in her tea and, well, and got tipsy and told Lou the thing. Honestly, I don't think we would have gotten that from Camilla till mm-hmm. the after Will's passing. But that I think been the fine. only that been I think we would have gotten histrionics at the end, and it just wouldn't have worked in this edit. I just... Have. Have you read any of the sequels? Because this is a part of a trilogy. I started the sec. I started the second one, and I just it couldn't hold my focus. No, I, I we'll talk more about them later. I've got some more discussion about them later. But she doesn't do this in any of the other books. They're all from right. Louisa's point of view. So I don't know if that like her editor. Maybe like, she got really talk bad. Her out. I don't think Maybe. her editor could talk her out of it the first time, but the second time was like after we're not doing they that. released them for the mm-hmm. first book and she got terrible feedback about it. She was like, yeah. "Oh, I'm not doing this anymore." Yeah, I I think it takes away from the story. I mean, yeah. I see your point that it would have been you know nice to know like the history of everything, but right. um, I don't think it was necessary. 
It's, it's that's not what the story is. No, like this it, book. She, this book is still. Hate... This still book. This book is still not really that long. No, but it still has parts that could have been eliminated it is, and have been but shorter. It is such a solid book for such a short book. You know mm. what I mean? I mean, the his, the his. I don't know. Yeah. All right, so the anti-bucket list. Horse racing, picnics, walks around the castle, movies, concerts, holiday. Do you have a favorite of the anti-bucket list? Um, I like their last trip together. I mean, it's sacred, right? That yes. last trip is where it's all happens, um, you know. I, while... The horse race is really sad. I love mm-hmm. the end with the footballers where mm-hmm. she convinces these rugby guys. He's a soldier. He's a soldier. <laughs> and they, and you can feel Will's depression. But it is such a, like, you get to, mm-hmm. you understand Louisa to a, like, just a little box she's, by then. She's she is, strong. You can give her that. She's not she going to give up. No, and... For her to, like, just coax them mm-hmm. and to, like, this whole thing. It was hilarious. Yeah. It was hilarious. Um, I think my favorite one is the concert they go to. Will's oh, friend yes. is uh, in an orchestra. And they go to the concert. And I think this is the first time that you really see how Lou, like, the how Will feels about Lou. Like, right. he's good at hiding his feelings for most of the part, most of the parts of the book. And I think she doesn't really give in to it until later in the book. But that moment after the concert where he's like, can we just sit in the Can car in the for a car? little longer? I want to, I would just want to be pretend for a, a little bit longer that I, I'm a guy who went to a concert with a pretty girl in a red dress. Like, yes. that is adorable to me. It I is adorable. That. Um, what a what a great moment. And at that point, I think you think, oh, well, maybe she is changing his mind. Like, maybe he is saying, right. like, this is a life right. he could have. Um, of course, the last holiday that they go on when they go on the big trip. Um, but, oh, God, it's so heartbreaking. At oh, the end. it's so heartbreaking. But it's just. It's I love I a- love his honesty with her, though, where he tells her, like, this is a life that I know I would love. But it isn't the life that I want. Uh- Right. Like, this isn't the life I had. Um, it's torture for him, right? Yeah. And he is in extreme pain every yeah, day. Every and day. as a person lives in a minor amount of pain every day, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine having the ability to wake up every yeah. day in that much pain. And, like, I didn't really realize that someone that's quadriplegic that, like, has no use of, like, I guess it's stupid of me or ignorant but I guess I just didn't think that they had pain because I thought they just right. didn't have feeling. Um, uh, but they do make the distinction in the book that not everybody who's a quadriplegic has pain, but will happens to. Right. Um, and it's like, a, it's a damaged nerve thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like that there is, yes, he went through a massive trauma, but the pain he's feeling is like um, ghost pain. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's a reminder that the things are there in the body is reminding him it's there, but mm-hmm. the only way they can make him remember it is by triggering this pain. And it's just, right. it's awful. Right. It's awful. Um, do you think that Louisa was right to try uh, taking Will on adventures to change his mind? Was that like a, was that the right thing for her to do? I think she was trying to remind him who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the trainers, instead of hiring Louisa, should have found him a therapist. But... Well, I think they probably had already tried that, but um, 
I don't know. After Louisa came along, they probably should have tried again. But <laughs> like, I, uh, I don't know. I don't I, know that it was her place, but I feel like I feel like I would do the same thing. I'm a fixer, right, but and I right, feel like Louisa's but, like that too. But the trainers put so much on Louisa. Mm-hmm. They put all these hopes and dreams on her, and just. Just to be fair, they both didn't do this. Mrs. Trainer did. Uh, uh, right. Mr. Well, Trainer was kind of like near the end. Mr. Trainer was like hopeful, and well, pretty much told Louisa to do what she wanted. Well, he was his story because of the affair that he was having. It was very interesting because he was basically saying, "I don't want to lose my son, but if my son but does I, this, then I can leave my wife and I could be in this relationship happy. that makes me happy, and I can finally be happy." Right? Which yeah. is like gross. It's so gross. It's so gross. Um, all right, so uh, let's talk about the wedding. So Will's ex-girlfriend marries his friend. Um, right. And Lou and Will attend the wedding. Was it appropriate that they went to the wedding? Like, was it? What do you No, think? but it was hilarious. It really was. Um, and, and her not knowing. Okay, I feel like this is a British sin. I'm not even a Brit, and I know Pims have alcohol in it. How did this yeah. woman not know Pims had alcohol in it? Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like this is a... F- faux pas in Brit world, but I'm not a Brit. So if you're a Brit and you're listening to this, uh, no, message I, us. Tell listen, us if this is a faux pas. Listen, I lived there for six months. Everybody knows Pims have alcohol in it. Like, Okay, so Louise is just dense. Cool. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> that, I thought that was dumb. I don't know if she like was questioning it because it was like, uh, it didn't taste like normal Pims. I don't know, but don't yeah. Know. Um, so is do you think this is the first star- strike try again april is this the first spark of love at the wedding no i think it's the haircut Mm. or the birthday party when he brings her the bumblebee tights i can't remember what order it happened in because i think the concert was the first time that like i really felt like it wasn't just but the haircut became affinity for her it was like a real i think the haircut and the shave was first it was so intimate that was a very intimate scene right and like for him to just concede that to her was Mm -hmm. like it feels like that was the first time he broke his wall to her. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the domino that started Will falling in love with her mm-hmm. and like him accepting Louisa as is and seeing who this joyful, yeah. bright person is. But and- on the other, on the other hand, I think that was this, the wedding was the first time Louisa felt it. But I think that's like, because I think of the beforehand, <laughs> Yeah. I think beforehand it was a job and it was like, you know, but she's she in a cared relationship. about him, and she knew how. Like, but she the, was very after wanted. that wedding. There was such a turning point in their relationship where it was that, like, oh, there was no like undenying. even Nathan, there was no even denying. Nathan's like, oh, there's no denying Louisa had yeah. feelings after that. Yeah. So one of my favorite minor minor characters in this book is the MP that they sit with. So I just want to talk about her I know. for a minute. I love her. So I much. love her. Um, she is quintessentially British. Like I just love her. Um, but you know who I pictured? Jane Lynch. Why is that accurate? Like why? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, British Jane Lynch. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. She she's offering Louisa an opportunity to do more. And I'm not totally certain that Will hadn't like put a bug in her ear. We don't really know the whole story, but like, because Will, because Will's Will. Right. But I think that's the first time that Louisa saw a different life for herself. Right. Because I really think 
Yep. Yeah, Ooh. I really think. Um, well, I think it's the first time somebody outside of people that know her and are mm-hmm. endeared to her yeah. were saying that they see something in her. Right. And I think that's why, because this is a complete stranger. And this complete stranger's like, mm-hmm. there is more for you in this world. And right. you look bright and smart. And I want to help you embrace that. Yeah. Um, so Luis's character growth, there is a lot here. So um, much. I, I mean, by the end, do you think she's a different person or is she still Luisa? I think she's still Luisa. I think she's matured, mm-hmm. but I think she's, I don't know how to explain this. Look at me. You have known me for 12 years. Yeah. 13 years almost. Almost 13. And in that time frame, you've seen me grow and change, Mm -hmm. but I'm Mm -hmm. still me. Right. 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 And I, and I am very much the Molly that was before the Coast Guard, but Mm -hmm. with some changes, I just, I think she stayed true to who she was while Mm -hmm. still finding growth outside of herself. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think I that, that um, I think she did so much character growth in this book. And the one of the reasons that I don't like the two sequels is that it really undone undoes a lot of the growth that she has. Yikes. Um, like the second book in the sequel, she's kind of aimless again. And she's almost lost all the money that Will gave her. Shit. And so, yeah. And then like she figures out a way out of that. Uh-huh. And it's kind of through another man, um, which I don't love. That, which doesn't feel Louisa. It doesn't. She is better than that. She doesn't need right. a man to heal. Um, and uh, then the third book, she really gets herself into a really fucked up situation. And it is a hard thing for her to overcome. And she does come out of it. And I'm not going to give any spoilers for people that want to read the next two books in the trilogy, since that's not what we're talking about here. But... Um, but again, she doesn't come out of it because of herself. She comes out of it because someone helps her. And I just think that really, that doesn't feel like her. It really undoes a lot of the character growth that she had in this book. And that bothers me. It bothers Mm. me. It gets to this. Um, all right. So Will and Lou. Fix your shit, Jojo. Fix your shit. Will and Lou. Um, they're in love. We've already talked about when we both think it started. So here's my big question. Does Will love her too? Because he never actually directly says the words, I love you, Lou. Yes, absolutely he does. I mean, Will very much is like his parents, and I don't think his parents say I love you either. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't I think, think they that love is more though. Well, but I mean, they don't even say it to Will, right? No, so it's I very feel British. like it's, it's very British, British right? And I think it's just, he showed his love the only way he felt like he could in the end, mm-hmm. by leaving her a security net. Like, mm-hmm. he literally said, I could not, I could not mm-hmm. leave this world not knowing you weren't taken care of. Yeah. And I feel like that was the way he told her he loved her. I agree with you that he loved her too, but I actually think he didn't want to. Like, I feel like him loving her complicated their circumstances even more. A thousand percent. But he didn't want to love her. And he did anyways. And had she never told him Mm -hmm. that she loved him, he would have never done anything to cross that line with her. Even though he wanted to, 
he would have never done it had she not sat right. on his lap and kissed him and told him that she oh, loved she him yes. and she wanted him to make a choice for her. He would have kept it all to himself and gone to his grave without her ever knowing the wiser. Yep. Um, because he didn't want to hurt her. Like he was no. already like to use no, a, because to he's use accepted a, what his life was. Right. To use a phrase from the fault in our stars. He was already a grenade to the people who were in her, in his right. inner circle. Like he didn't want to be a grenade to her as well. Right. Um, so is this real love or is it love by circumstance? I think it started by circumstance, but I think it was real love at the end. I, I mean, mean Louisa makes a point in the movie that like, Oh, I think it's probably also in the book that like, she would have been the waitress at the wedding. He would have been a thousand percent bridesmaids. Like, so I agree with you. I think it started as circumstance. Like it started. However, she, if, if she didn't have feelings and he didn't have feelings, her Will's mother would, Camilla would have never begged her to come Mm -hmm. to Switzerland. She would have never went to Switzerland if it wasn't real love. That was a big turning point for Camilla too, that she was like willing to say, we need you there too. Like, because Will needs her. She knew at the end yeah, exactly. what her, her son didn't need. I mean, her son needs her, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's his ch- mom and we always mm-hmm. need our moms no matter. Right. right. But he needed Louisa mm-hmm. in the end. He didn't need his parents. I mean, he had his parents, but he didn't need his parents. He didn't need a sister. He didn't need Nate. He didn't need any of that. He needed to go to his final resting place Mm-hmm. knowing Louisa was okay. Yeah. And that was to me a sign of how much Will loves Louisa. Yeah. Because he couldn't do this without her. Right. Yeah. And that's just something I think we'll never like we're never going to get an I love you out of Will Trainer. Absolutely right. not. Right. Um so I don't want to go too dark or too political but I think we need to talk about this because the death of dignity a, yeah that's on yeah, my list it's such a central part of this book so physician assisted suicide death with dignity euthanasia whatever you want to call it what are your thoughts on this um actually so I listened to this book while we were at in Maryland looking at the new house mm-hmm. so Matt was actually listening to a good two thirds of this book with me and him mm-hmm. and I had a cool conversation about this yeah um, and again, without getting hyper political, right? Uh, I think this is my personal beliefs, and I think this—I could think I could speak for Matt after him and I had this long conversation. I believe you should have the right to choose, mm-hmm. and my body, my choice goes a long way in a lot of different political things, and mm-hmm. I think it should be the same across the board. Mm-hmm. I think if this is your choice, being mm-hmm. your dying of cancer or you're a quad or mm-hmm. you're whatever your terminal illness is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is, if the doctors have decided, yes, this is the path in the direction your body and life is going, mm-hmm. you have, they've agreed like a psychologist. And I think if the medical people in your life have agreed mm-hmm. that you are in a correct headspace and this is the correct path for you, I don't think we should stop people. Hmm. I'm not saying we should let every suicidal person go just dive into this. I think if there is a valid medical reason and a valid medical write-off, it's okay. And I understand that there is religious reasons that people don't believe in this. Mm -hmm. And that is understandable. But 
giving people free will all the way to the end is important to me. Mm-hmm. Now, I totally value that opinion, and I'm not going to completely disagree with you. For mm-hmm. me personally, I want that choice for myself. If right. I am Camilla Trainer and this is one of my sons, I don't want them to make that choice. Right. And in a million because years, it, it, I I would never, right. I don't think I would ever, I wouldn't even want Tom to make that choice. Like, right. I wouldn't want that. But I, I, I would like to be able to make that choice. I don't know For that yourself. I would. Right. I don't know that I would because of, I feel like suicide is, you know, it's not, I am not a Catholic. Catholics believe differently than su- about right. suicide than I do as a Protestant, but I still don't think it's like what God would want. Um, right. And, but and, I don't think God, is, I don't think God wants suffering either. No. So. And, and this is not a judgment on those that have committed suicide. Um, no, this isn't a judgment not. on if you've had suicidal ideations or attempts. We're talking about this specific variation. In this case, like of right. where you are. Um, you know and, what I actually thought of when I was reading this book? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the original Superman, Christopher Reeves? Yes, absolutely. So Christopher Reeves was an action star in the Superman movies. God, he was his life. Yeah. And he became a quadriplegic after an accident where he fell to horse. Yes. Um, and seeing him deteriorate from was a person, so it was awful. And yes. I feel like, if this would have been an option for him, he would have chosen exactly what Will did. I, and I, I agree. And, mm-hmm. and and it's in the title, Death with Dignity. Mm-hmm. I think we all deserve, in the end, dignity. Mm-hmm. And getting to choose that direction, especially mm-hmm. when you have no choice. Especially, mm-hmm. like, can't be a quad cancer, like I said. But it is a terminal illness. Right. And your body is wasting away and you have zero control of what's going on. Right. This final choice should be yours. I like that they gave the other side of the story because we didn't talk about this, but Louisa spends a lot of time in discussion boards for quadriplegics and their caregivers. And one of them that's in there, who's kind of become her confidant, he said, this is what he would have chosen for himself. Like, to, to go to um, the Switzerland, the, yeah. Switzerland to the clinic in Switzerland. And, and he says, yeah, I don't remember actually how to say it, but, um, but he said, that's not what he would have picked for himself because he actually really loves the life that he has. It's not the life he would have imagined for himself, but he did love it. Right. Um, but he is glad that, that Will is able to make that choice for himself because there are no other choices that Will can make for himself. He right. can't even choose when he goes to the bathroom. He no. His body can't physically do that. No. His body can't physically sweat. It has no, he has no control no over control. literally anything. I mean, he's gotten pneumonia four times in two years mm-hmm. and it's hot, nearly killed him all the time. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. As it, someone it, that has no control over what her body's going to do the next day. Mm-hmm. Now, I am not saying I'm anything like this. Mm-hmm. I, I That is not what I'm saying. But as mm-hmm. someone that has no control over what my immune system is going to do, I completely mm-hmm. understand yeah. this need for control. Yeah. And I think... It, 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 the betrayal I, of your body is one yeah. of the worst things a human can have. Yeah, and I think that they drive the point home with the fact that Will was so active before, but I don't even think yes. that you need that. Like, I mean, no. yes, it's great to the story that it adds to it that he's, you know, gone the complete opposite way, but um, 
anyone whose situation has changed drastically. Like that's, yeah. So this is not really the same, but a few years ago they found some deposits in my eyes Mm -hmm. and they've been watching them. And so far they're not changing. And I've been to three different doctors about it. And one of the doctors was fairly convinced that it's actually nothing that it's just because I have green eyes and they're not very common. And so green, green eyes pigment, their pigmentation presents differently than the pigmentation in blue or brown eyes. And Uh then two other doctors were more worried and, you know, wanted to watch it. Um, I had to deal with the reality that everything that I do personally is visual. I'm a reader. I'm a scrapbooker. I'm a photographer, like amateur photographer. Right. All of those things are visual. And like they were talking about in five to 10 years time, which has already been like six or seven years now, I would be blind. And what does that reality mean for me? And I just thought to myself, I don't know how I will do that. Like, I know that is actually one of my husband's biggest fears as his eyesight has been so terrible his whole Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. And it is in now I've never, I I need glasses, but Mm -hmm. it's not extreme like that. And, And I can't imagine. I yeah, well, my, my eyesight has decreased as I've gotten older. A lot of that was pregnancy, too. It really messes up all the parts of your body. Oh, it um, fucks love my kids. Up, for sure. Love my kids. They fucked up but everything. But y'all fuck shit up. Yeah, right. <laughs> my body has never recovered. Um, but, uh, yeah, to, like, so I, I mean, obviously, that's a much smaller scale, losing your vision versus losing yeah. full control of your body. But, like, to deal with the reality that this isn't the life you pictured, like I understand why he feels the way he does. And I don't even know that I would argue he's depressed. Like sure. He probably has his blue moments, but I think he's actually come to terms with the fact that this is not the life he wants. And there is a way to fix that problem and to do it with dignity, Mm -hmm. to do it, um, you know, under the care of a doctor. And I think, you know, that's a decision that he needed to make for himself. And I think, and again, I'm not trying to get political, but I think that is an important statement in general. Yeah. And you should get that choice in the end. And in this country, it is legal in some states. There's um, an actual, um, I saw a a documentary, I want to say it's on HBO about it, mm-hmm. um, about Washington State and their death with dignity. And if I can find the name of it, I'll put it in the comments. Okay. But it, it's a really interesting docu-series or a documentary on um, mm-hmm. what it's like for those that choose death with dignity and the mm-hmm. families that go along with it. Well, I think we're having a different conversation now in 2022 than they were having when this book was written. Because when yeah. this book was written, this was a real hot button. It issue. was. It, well, and I mean, it, in Europe, tried- it was a big deal. It was like, you know, you did have two varied sides of the of the aisle. It was, and we get both of those in the in the book. Louisa's mom is like, you can't be about, caught up in this, like right. And in the book, they they talk about pressing charges, and mm-hmm. and I mean, his mom's a freaking MP. Yeah, that really could affect her career. And I think it, in the end, so she ends wild. up stepping down from the yeah. bench. Um, I mean, but she needs to take a break she needs to find herself yeah she needs a whole new life after this is over mm-hmm. so, so I, my last question is just like the movie let's talk about the movie for a little I would bit love to talk about the movie actually um, i just before we start talking about the movie i want to say originally i was supposed to see that movie um 
in June, the year it came out, it came out in June of 2016. And Tom and I had a date night, all, all planned. It was a Tuesday. We were going to go. It was the Tuesday after it came out. And that's the day Sam was born. So we did not go to see it in theaters. <laughs> Thanks, Sammy. And a few weeks later, or a few months later, when it came out on uh, DVD, um, we ended up renting it on Redbox and, and now watching it at home. I've now seen it quite a few times. Same. Um, it, it's a movie that I put on, like, that movie and The Fault in Our Stars are, like, good cry Comfort movies. movies. Like, when yeah. you need to cry, like, those are good movies to do it. Um, but anyway, so is this good good ap- adaptation? Like, did you like the movie? What are your thoughts? I like the adaptation. I like that she, as the author, was involved in writing mm-hmm. the script. Which I didn't um, know that until you just told us that, like. I'll, I'll put, we can put the IMDb we in can. the We can. We always because, do, so, yeah. Uh, okay, so another Mendelian effect. Mm-hmm. I thought there was another British actor that played her dad. Um, Mark Williams that plays Arthur Weasley. For some reason, in my dome... I, I did expected- too. I, I did was too. Was- okay. If okay. you remember him playing her dad, you need to t- comment because I don't remember him. I remember him being in that film and he's not in that fucking film. He's not all. in it. No, but I have to say, I hope... I don't remember him in that film! I hope Nurse Katie doesn't mind us sharing this, but we we were texting her um, about the movie. I was texting our group chat when I was watching the movie, and she said the movie fucked with her mind because it has Mr. Bates, who plays um, her dad. He's from Downton Abbey, and he plays Louisa's dad. It has... The woman, I the woman that plays Louisa, I cannot think of what her character name is. She's from Daenerys, uh, from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, right? The the mother of dragons, right? Uh, Her uh, will is uh, Finnick Odair. Odair. And then I wrote, oh, and then um, of course the Impossible uh, Girl. Well, I wrote that one back. The Impossible Girl from Doctor Who is her sister, and then of course Pat. Pat yeah. is uh, from Harry Potter, so man, he Neville Neville Longbottom looks fucking bomb, though, man. I don't see it. Like, I don't get it. You put him in a movie with uh, Sam Chaplin, he's never right. gonna be. But, attractive I mean, but like, to him. Um, compared to what he was in the end, I know. Of, he like, looked in, a little goofy before, yeah. yeah. But I. Uh, but just, yeah, it's definitely. A, I made the joke that Britain only has so many actors, and so I mean, it's an island this big. I mean, they have to recycle them. But they it, really it, do. <laughs> I think it's one of my favorite adaptations. I think it's one that um, it took out because one of the complaints we often have in adaptations is like it got rid of my favorite part. It got rid of all the stuff that I didn't like about this right. book. My so favorite for scene me, in I the was book, good. My favorite scene in the book is the is the um, birthday scene, and mm-hmm. they kept that, especially mm-hmm. the line about she gives great sponge baths. Yes, and then the he only, just, and it's just the it's only such a mic drop moment. And and uh, his what's his name Nick is that Nick is Nick that's the caregiver yeah nathan he says oh you're a bad man mr t Um, (laughs) the only part of that scene that i missed was that granddad says chocolate birthday cake cake, right and And it's chocolate it's like the clearest day and that's not what they end up having and in the movie they have cake. cake um but I thought it was good. I think they did a better job of like getting rid of the stuff that annoyed me. And so like, mm-hmm. it made me really like the movie. Um, I 
took issue, and I have to say this because I was going to complain about this on the pod, and then Katie set me straight. I thought the whole time I was reading the book, I pictured that Will had like a high back seat that like uh-huh. it had a headrest. And whenever I would picture him, like when Lisa talks about him turning into himself, I thought that was him like, you know, turning into himself with that headrest there. But it turns out that it, cause in the movie, he doesn't have that high piece right. in all the scenes. And I was like complaining. I was like, this is ridiculous. And Katie was like, actually, no, that's accurate. She science the hell out of it for us. And I was like, okay, well, fuck. And she sent me a picture. So I will be posting that picture um, on our and stories. Uh, and stories on Instagram so that you can all, and probably stories on Facebook. So you all can see what Katie sent me that explains how the C5 and 6 back injury or spinal cord injury works so by the way thanks nurse katie for subbing in even though you're not a part of the episode <laughs> oh, uh, man. there's never a moment that nurse katie is not with us let's be right. honest <laughs> but uh no i think it's a great adaptation and i do too i do too and oh my gosh sam chaflin as sam will chaflin. Mm. i know i have such a crush on him like mm. He was perfect in that role. He was perfect in that role. Yeah. And I love, I always, Emma, what is her name? Damn it. I loved, she was perfect as, uh, her name is not Emma. It's It's Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. E-M-I-L-I-A Clark with an E. Isn't Louisa's name Clark? Are you sure her last name is Clark? It is. Amelia Clark and Louisa Clark. Huh, that's funny. But they're two different spellings. Yeah, <laughs> right. Which we can put the IMDB and you guys we can will. fact check me Never. yourself. But it, it, I think she was really good. And she gained weight for that role. Did she? Yeah. Hmm. I remember her talking about it in interviews about how she gained a good uh, 20, 30 pounds. I liked how she smiles with her whole face. I like know. She has a smile her that like. Eyebrows, her little eyebrows. Her eyebrows are so expressive. Yeah. Um, but if I can overall, find it, if I can find it, I will post it. I'll post a link. There's a video. Um, it's a British humor thing where it's British actresses auditioning for the leading lady and they're auditioning. Of this movie? No, no, no. It's the part is called leading the lady. Leading lady. And um, it's Catherine um, Tate who okay. is casting him. And I don't know if it's from her. She has like a, a comedy like show on. Yeah. Um, in Britain. Um, but Catherine Tate is casting them. And like the role is her. obviously very serious. And all of the actresses that are coming in, like you'll recognize all of them. They're all serious British actresses. And uh-huh. she's saying things like, well, you need to be a little bit sexier. And they're like, the role is somebody who's, dying and they're like no we need to be sexy but also girly sexy it's sexy now and and it's all the thing like Catherine tate anyway is just freaking hilarious hilarious um and if you don't know who i'm talking about Catherine tate is get your uh, shit together she's you would know her from the office but if you're a who fan like molly and i are she was donna um dr donna dr donna um and so anyway so she's very funny and if i can find it i'll link it below because amelia clark is one of the ones that's in it and it's just hilarious to see how she does this thing. does this it's so. a it's basically a play on sexism and like sexism in hollywood yeah. um and apparently in foreign film uh, uh foreign it, film academy as well because these are british actresses yeah. so 
But anyway, I don't really have anything else. Do you have anything else? I don't either. Okay, so can we talk about what we're doing um, next week? Yes, please. So this is a new month for us. So we did Me Before You. Obviously, you just listened to it. And now we actually have four more books this month because this um, May has five weeks in it. Yep. Um, and we've been telling you for a few weeks that I'm going to be hosting all five weeks in May because Molly is be doing unpacking. her big move. Um, but next week, we're actually going to read The Royal We. And oh, I love this book so much. By Heather Cox and Jessica Morgan. Um, we may talk a little bit about the sequel. This is the sequel, The Air Affair. Because we're um, forgetting shit. <laughs> but but um, we're going to focus on just this book. Um, and anyway, there were like four years or five years in between them uh-huh. writing that in the sequel. So I think it's okay if we don't talk about it. Um, then we're going to go to Nine Perfect Strangers by Which Leanne Moritz. It's new to both of us, but we've both read Big Little Lies, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. We read that for our um, book club. Um, and then we're going to read Opposite of Always. This is a YA love story by Justin A. Reynolds. And it's a YA love story, Opposite of Always. And it's kind of a sad thing mm-hmm. you know um i don't know maybe i picked sad books this month i'm sorry guys that's all right um, we're gonna wrap out the month with cersei which has been on my this is by madeline miller and this has been, been on, on my, my tbr for a while too years this has been on my yeah. tbr i love um since it I, came out i think yeah me too i love uh greek mythology um Same. i really really love it i actually have edith black's mythology which is like the premier Ooh, textbook fancy. yeah um and i i've read through it several times i just really love greek mythology and so i'm hoping to like this one although i have heard that a song of achilles people liked better which is the the one that she wrote after this but we're gonna read with cersei and um i'm just gonna hope that i like it because that's three new books for us all three of those right. are new to us so um, I've given us some work this month, and that's where we are. Um, we only have this month and next month, and we wrap out season two. We are almost yes. finished with season two, which is incredible. Um, thank which you is all. For, we yeah, love but, you guys, but we thank you always- all for sticking with us. Like we have had some serious growth. Yes, um, from season one till now. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I'm amazed at the comments we're getting, at um, the reviews that we're getting on Apple Podcasts, not sponsored. Um, and I love talking to all of you. People have been DMing us. Um, we have mm-hmm. some fantastic guests lined up for um, season, um, season uh, three. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of big things coming up. So anyway, I'm looking just, forward to it. I'm really thankful. This started as Molly Thank having you. a dream. Like, it's crazy. I had a dream. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, Molly, are you good? I'm good. Next All right. week, gang. All right. Bye. bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of Molly and April, not those of anyone else. Today's book was Me Before You by Jojo Moyes. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins, editing by Thomas Watkins, and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prigida. Don't forget to follow book besties on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. If you would like to contact the book besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com.